We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Kits and Wagers. Happy holidays and welcome to game week 18 in the Premier League. We have a lot of bets for everyone. Specifically, we have, I guess, technically eight bets, seven or eight bets for everyone. So, Chris, happy Friday, December 22nd. We got a busy slate of Premier League matches upcoming. You've already done some traveling. I'm about to do some traveling. Are you ready for the holiday season here? Yeah, I am. We're we're back. Good week last week. You know, we're not gonna we, we don't have to start the show off with how poor my butts were the, the previous week. So I'm happy about that. Uh, I have traveled back to the motherland here, the uh, great state of Wisconsin. We I have already sampled some beers, some local beers. So that's great. I'm in my uh, my childhood uh, bedroom, which is nice. I'm you know so I'm, I'm bringing it kind of full circle. The uh, Stevie G posters are off the wall, unfortunately. No. Uh, no uh, Zidane posters up on the wall right now, but uh, I'm I'm hoping to bring back some of that juju, you know, and, and maybe like you know bring it full circle with where I started to where I am now. And uh, we got a little special special treat here, if you will, at the end of the show too. So I'm I'm looking really looking forward to that aspect. But I mean, you got some tra- you got some travel coming up too as well. It sounds like yeah, just driving across the state of Michigan, driving across the, the uh, Upper Peninsula, then driving into the into Wisconsin. Gonna be gonna be fun. You know, this is the first Christmas with a child. Uh, she's about six and a half months, so you know that just adds another another wrinkle to all the festivities. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be loads of fun. There will be there will be plenty of sleep had. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Uh, and it sounds like we'll be you know we'll be in the same time zone, which is very rare. And not only that, but the same state. So happens maybe once a year. <laughs> yeah, once, once a year. Once per yeah, once per year. But uh, yeah, as Chris to say, we do have the the uh, we're going to be doing our top three Christmas cookies at the end of the show. So obviously, you got to stick around for the 30, 40 minute show we have, and then wait for the Christmas cookies. But Chris, I want to start this off with. So I do a betting article. It's up rotowire.com slash soccer. Maybe one of the worst corner beats I've had on the season. <laughs> So if you go to my article, rotowire.com slash soccer, it's it's up there. I had a bet. I, I like Crystal Palace double chance, except that was, I think, minus 135, minus 140 or something yesterday against Brighton. So I was like, what else do I want to do with this bet? Looking back at it, I probably should have been like, okay, maybe Crystal Palace first goal or something like that. 
Instead, I just did something really easy. I did Brighton over one and a half corners in the second half. Crystal Palace scored in like the 45th minute. So about the majority of the second half, Brighton were pushing. They were in the attacking third. They got one corner in the 51st minute. They did not get another corner the rest of the way, even though out, you know the Danny Welbeck goal came in, I think the 80th minute or something. They couldn't get that second corner, which was, I don't know, as I said, I, I, I tweeted about it. I don't know, bad beat, bad bet. But either way, uh, it still stings me, as you can see here. But yeah, we're the, moving on, I guess. That's a tough one, but, you know, <laughs> the right process, maybe the results. That's what you better. get when you bet corners. Just say it. Just say it. Yeah, yeah, that is a, that's a corner bet beat right there if I've ever heard of one. Because of that, last week was corners and wagers, and I did okay on that. I think I went 2-1 and one in the game picks, and then I didn't hit on the didn't hit the parlay. But I, I have no no corner bets here in the three games we're talking about. So we're talking about Tottenham, Everton, Liverpool, Arsenal, Wolverhampton, Chelsea. In this first game, we're talking about, uh, you know, all three of these games are intriguing. And because we don't have Manchester City and Brentford playing, and we also have a Thursday and Friday game. Uh, so that kind of limited us to seven games to talk about here, which kind of got a little difficult as we're as we're looking to the parlay. Uh, so this first game we're talking about, but we still got some pretty good and interesting games to talk about. Tottenham are home against Everton. As you can see here, line movement hasn't been much, but Tottenham minus 125 to win, Everton plus 300. The draw is plus 320, and then you can get, I guess we're looking at over three and a half goals is my as plus one thirty-five under under three and a half is minus one seventy. Uh if you want over two and a half, that's minus one eighty. Under two and a half is plus one forty-five. So it seems like the odds odds makers are saying goals. So a couple main things here. Basuma is suspended. He's got a four-game suspension, which starts this week. Udogi is also suspended. So probably Emerson's gonna move into that left back role. And then we got Decore's out with a hamstring injury. Ashley Young's been out. Seamus Coleman probably out again. Uh, Michael Linko, maybe he might be back at left back because I think it was Ben Godfrey maybe started last league match or on their – Everton just played Tuesday in the EFL Cup. Um, and then oh, what else do we have? Nathan Patterson started at right back. But otherwise, I think that's it. Brendan Johnson got hit in the head. He didn't He didn't suffer a concussion, so he's good to go. Um, but this is, a, this is an intriguing one because I think if you look at the table, this is actually – if you remove the the ten point uh, reduction, yeah. Everton, this is actually a te- a top ten top ten tilt. Uh, I guess we could say say that a couple times. Top ten tilt, top ten tilt. <laughs> Interesting that we've had a little line movement uh, towards uh, Tottenham here this past. I guess is this past week or so. Uh, you know, it yeah. was not not enough to be like super notable, but the money is kind of heading towards them. I guess a bit. But I mean, you look, which is interesting because yes, they I believe they won last time out. Um, but Everton has won four straight. They've kept four straight clean sheets, I believe. They've been really solid defensively. They're up there with one of the best uh, away teams in the league so far this season, too. They've actually taken a um, total of 16 points in eight matches, uh, five wins, one draw, one draw, two losses. They've been, they've done it. They haven't done it by scoring goals, but they've done it by um, limiting their opponents here. That just eleven goals conceded while only scoring twelve. So that's been an impressive, uh, impressive stat for me at least. Uh, Tottenham, as we know, you know the laundry list of injuries. Really, you know, 
they're and now suspensions. Uh, Basuma going to miss a total of seven matches at least on red card suspensions, which is which is kind of wild. Um, Udogi's a big miss for them. He's been great this season too. I'm so I think they're going to. You said Emerson is coming out on the on the left or right for them. Uh, so that ought to be interesting. Um, I. <laughs> I'm a, you know, you look at, I think the Tottenham money line was, is minus 125. That's interest intriguing, like right off the top, but I, it's tough to ignore that the way that Everton are playing, you know, the, of course they got the 10 point deduction and then just said, you know, screw you Premier League. We're just going to go out there and ball. That's essentially what they've been doing. Um, they've been shutting out teams. They've been scoring goals. They've, it's like Sean Dyche has his best. Uh, so I'm, it's tough for me to like to lean towards Tottenham, despite like they're, they kind of are bouncing back now after that, that like, you know, tough, like five games or so where they had lost Van de Ven, they had lost Madison, they had lost a bunch of other guys uh, to, to major injuries. But um, for, because of that here, I think I'm on, um, I took Everton double chance, I believe if that's correct. Hit the stat. No, you didn't. Oh, I didn't. Okay. All right, that's my <laughs> Chris. Handshake, give me the wrong bet. That's my classic move. I actually took no on both teams to score. Um, defensive record of, of Everton has been too impressive. I mean, four straight shutouts. They have, um, like I said, been super strong, especially since the point deduction. Uh, for that reason, I like. I, th- I think Everton can maybe at least keep a shutout here. It's not like, uh, and, and for, you know, I, I did mention the fact that Everton maybe haven't scored them enough goals away. Um, so I, I think this is going to be one of a low scoring affair, despite despite the way that Tottenham play, which is you know they've been giving up goals, but I, I think you know Everton's going to slow this game down. Uh, Tottenham might struggle to score. Maybe I mean Everton we know is not like a, a offensive juggernaut either. So I'm kind of on that one. But and then I did mention this obviously to start, but Everton double chance plus 100, uh, good away team there. When and when you look at the tie, the table, they're actually tied with Arsenal, Liverpool, and Man City on 16 away points, um, which is just behind no none other than Tottenham, who have who have taken 18 points away from home. So, um, hmm. interesting. That's where I'm at on this match, Adam. Yeah, I had to pull up. I was kind of surprised at that away record, but you pull up the you pull up some of the results. Okay, they have losses against Aston Villa and Liverpool, but their wins. Okay, Brentford, who have dealt with a ton of issues this season, win against West Ham, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, Burnley, uh, and then a 2-2 draw at Sheffield United back in September. So, I mean, you look at those and it's like, okay, there's a reason why the results yeah. look like this. But, of course, winning away from home is is difficult no matter what sport you play, uh, especially in the Premier League. We've, we've seen plenty of times where, you know, one of these random bottom three teams gets a win against whoever – so uh, because of that, I think I'm, I'm kind of, you know, swaying from taking either one of these sides. Everton playing probably better, maybe better, a little better. Uh, but they do have that Tuesday EFL Cup game. I think they had an own goal, was the first goal against Fulham. Then they eventually lost in PKs against Fulham. And then, so you got that with them. But the one thing with Tottenham is, okay, you look at it, the last time they had a couple suspensions, some new suspensions, throwing Emerson in the back line, maybe Hoisberg. We'll see if LaCelso, maybe he's going to start again. Last time that happened with, with everything, I think they had a pretty bad loss at Bournemouth or Wolverhampton, someone someone like that. So I'm kind of staying away from either team here. I'm just going under. I think we're kind of similar bets. I guess we're getting similar odds here. But I got under two and a half goals at plus 145. You just throw in how well Everton have been playing defensively. 
and just Tottenham's attack has has had some good moments without Madison, but I think when you look at it in total at large, a lot of those good results have been against uh, some iffy competition. I, maybe I shouldn't say that. I, I guess I'll take back that statement. Do They do have the three goals against Manchester City. They do have some higher scoring games, but I just think the way that Everton play, uh, it's not going to open up for this game to be, you know, extremely back and forth. At least that is my first assumption because there are always random, there's always random Everton, Sean Dyche games that kind of open up a little more than you expect. But I feel like this is a type of game where you may get, there's been a few games this season when Tottenham get an early goal and then just play a bit too safe and they're just passing the ball around a lot. And then I don't, maybe it's like, okay, Tottenham get a goal and then they struggle to get that equalizer kind of thing. Cause that would not be surprising. Also, you know, removing Decore from the midfield, removing him from the attacking role where he kind of has, he's one of those guys that has a nose for goal. He's always in the right place, right time kind of thing for his goals. You remove that. So I think that also doesn't help them either. So I just got under two and a half goals plus 145. You got known both teams to score at plus 145. Are you leaning? I mean, you kind of mentioned maybe Everton here, but it doesn't matter for your bet. Are you, are you leading Tottenham or Everton here for for the uh, possible win? Or maybe just a scoreless draw? Uh, scoreless draw would be well within what we're, what we're both kind of betting here. I would be acceptable. I'm, I'm, I just can't ignore how well Everton have played as of late. I mean, it's it feels like a, a bit of a mirage. But, uh, you know, like you said, they've if they hadn't had the 10-point deduction, they're top. They're sitting in 10th right now, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, really good good run of form since that all, all that went down but uh you know along the same lines of this group think we got going on, on not a lot of goals uh tottenham under one and a half goals is uh plus 120 which i like um last year I, we didn't mention this but last year the results were one one um in this uh one one at goodison park and then uh tottenham won two nil um at tottenham so just uh both of those under two and a half um but yeah i'd I don't know what the double chance is. I don't know if we're, we're probably not getting good enough double chance odds to uh, to take it seriously. But yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on a return, you know, coming away with a point here at least. Yeah, I feel like I should back up my statement of random Sean Dyche Everton game getting back and forth. Those seem to happen against against weaker competition, not like a top ten, top six side like Tottenham. The three two game uh, just comes to mind. Three two game against Crystal Palace, and then the Sheffield United game was two two. So. Uh, I just wanted to back up my, you know, random statement of a, of an up and down Everton game. So either way, we're both not thinking too many goals there. Next game, we got probably the biggest game of the weekend, arguably. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got two title contenders here, so you, you can't, you can't argue that Liverpool. So they had, you know, unfortunate Chris for, for many different reasons, but Manchester United, somehow they eked out a point in the last game. Uh, I can't remember what the XGs were, but it was like 30 shots to two shots. Like I don't know. 2.68, I think to like, like <laughs> 0.6 or something like 0.7 was the XG. Yeah, it was, I think, uh, I think I sent you a message. I had a, a bet for Liverpool minus one and a half corners in the first half. I think it was eight corners to zero corners. So that was a great bet yeah. by me. I'll pat myself on the back. Yeah. But Liverpool, they played uh, they, they played Wednesday, actually, and they similarly just absolutely dominated West Ham. That was another game. I think I think West Ham had two shots, and, and they scored from one of them. Jared Bone scored, but I think Liverpool was up there at 30-plus shots kind of a thing. 
But then you throw in Arsenal, who have controlled possession against Manchester City. They just kind of dominated Brighton in their last game. Liverpool, plus 145 to win. Arsenal, plus 180 to win. Again, the odds are kind of up and down, up and down. No, no real massive changes here in some time. The draw is plus 260. You got over two and a half goals at minus 140. Under two and a half goals, uh, where I'm looking right now, actually changed recently to plus 115. Uh, so, uh, I may have to look for a different number there, but so some of these big games for Arsenal against top sides have been lower scoring because they're just like dominating possession. Well, how do you think this game's going to turn out? Cause Liverpool, you know, they like to get in these up and down games, but Arsenal, they're in such a, such a trend of just dominating possession. And, and Arteta has this team just rolling in terms of we're not allowing the other team to to really control the pace by any means, but this is at Anfield. How do you think that that comes into play here? Yeah, I would, honestly, wouldn't be surprised to see Arsenal. Uh, I mean, I, I'm expected to be around 50 50, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Arsenal control the game a little bit more. I think they just have they're they're just like slightly better at that in the midfield, and I don't think you know I think we're going to be missing Alex McAllister at, at for Liverpool. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, they'll probably trot out Endo and. In uh, Sobosly, and then I mean, Curtis Jones scored two against West Ham on Wednesday, so you, you kind of have to think that maybe that earned him a place in the starting eleven. Otherwise, it's probably Graven Birch, and I, I think just because of that, like Liverpool's kind of haven't been, you know, it's not like Fabinho's in there, you know, winning balls and, and moving the ball, you know, right to left. I think Arsenal probably can controls it a little bit more. Um, I'll be interested to see how how that plays out, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Uh, I, I looked at this and I, this is kind of interesting. Arsenal won in the League Cup, I believe, in 2020. Um, it was two sides, two pretty young sides. That was the last time Arsenal won at at, uh, at Anfield. But uh, other than that, the last time Arsenal won at, at Anfield in the Premier League was 2012. So it's, it's been a little over 10 years. Um, you know, it's, it's tough for any team to, to win away in the Premier League, especially against top sides. So um, take that for what it is. I, I I had a tough time taking any of the uh, like you know the like the money line bets or or like overs or stuff like that. So I actually took a page out of the Adams Adroit book um, and uh, took a corners bet here. I actually um, I like I like Arsenal over four and a half corners. Um, Liverpool. I mean, both teams are pretty good at at like not giving away a ton of corners, mostly because they play that possession based type of style. But Arsenal are like super good at. They I think they can see the least amount of corners in the league. Uh, well, also, you know, they got to be ranking. They are the top team in terms of corners. They they've uh, won a total of 139 so far, which is 20 more than Liverpool's won. 21 more than Liverpool's won. Uh, so they four and a half seems like a, a low team number. Um, you know. The opponent obviously plays a role, but I, I think that Arsenal can can uh, can keep the can go find five corners in in this matchup too. A um, couple other bets that are interesting, and I, and I I don't know what you went with here. You went with the under. Interesting. Um, I just saw that as you brought the graphic up, but I you know you gotta you gotta mention Mo Salah. I missed on this bet last week, but he's so good against top sides uh, against. Uh, um, in 15 games against Arsenal, he's got he's got a total of nine goals, which is you know pretty impressive. He's at minus 150 on the anytime uh, goal scoring there. So, um, but to summarize, Arsenal over four and a half corners. Are are you okay with a corner bet? You know, and you're taking a different bet, but I mean, is it a page out of your book? Too many pages? 
I'm okay with it. I was just trying to look at – I know Liverpool have been awesome at home this season, and so I was looking at some of their opponents, and obviously they, they haven't played anyone like Arsenal, but Manchester United, Fulham, Brentford, Nottingham Forest, Everton, West Ham, Aston Villa earlier in the season when they weren't playing as well as they are right now, and then Bournemouth. So you have all these results. I was just trying to look for you know something similar to – to how kind of the corner battle will, will turn out here. They even though the Fulham game actually Fulham had more corners than Liverpool in that one, so I found that one a little interesting. They've had these recent games where it's just like it, it, it's hard to compare. Uh, like eighty percent possession, ten plus corners against West Ham and and uh, Manchester United. Yeah, I think it's just uh, however you think this game's going to turn out. If you think Arsenal, maybe maybe Liverpool get an early goal and then Arsenal have to push a little kind of thing. Maybe maybe Arsenal start the game with 60-whatever percent possession and that leads to the corners kind of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough one. I don't really have a full lean here in terms of corners. But as you said, under two and a half goals at plus 120. I took – I took uh, – who did I take? Who did Arsenal play recently that we talked about? I don't know. I took an under in, in a recent Arsenal game, I feel like. It couldn't have been Manchester City, was it? I think oh, it was Aston Villa. Okay. Yeah, I, I we, took we, uh, yeah, yeah. I took unders in the in the Aston Villa games against Manchester City and Arsenal. And yeah. I, I, you just look at some of these Arsenal games against top sides. And I mean, we talked about that Arsenal Manchester City one. Um, at least I think we did. Was it Manchester City? I guess we did that was talk about in. Arsenal, Man City. We talked about, or no, we talked about Aston Villa, Man City. Uh, I mean, we probably talked about Arsenal, Man City earlier. So many things happening. So many things happening. Yeah, but that one, that one was back in October. Arsenal beat Manchester Bro. City. But when they when they play these other top teams, it almost seems like Arteta plays things just a little safer. Though it seems like in a lot of these games, it's just like let's possess the ball, let's not make mistakes. It's kind of the it's kind of the Manchester City mentality, except Manchester City's been making a ton of mistakes defensively. Uh, Arsenal have been probably, I, I guess, arguably the best team in, in terms of when they don't have the ball. They've been great defensively, and that's why there's there's at least low scoring games. There's a lot of clean sheets for them, kind of a thing. So I, I think that that's just going to come into play here. Under two and a half goals is plus one twenty, where it's just another game where Arsenal want more possession, and when they're out of possession. Arteta is just going to be on his guys uh, just to just to get the ball back, just to pressure and get the ball back. And I mean, I, OK, we just saw that Manchester United game. Yeah, I think it's, I guess, a bad comparison because Manchester United really sat behind the ball and, and sat in the box a little bit. So so maybe if Arsenal, maybe you get Liverpool on the counter and maybe, you know, that's probably when Darwin's at his best. Maybe that means goals and it could be we could be looking at a 2-2 result, which which isn't surprising for any Liverpool game, but I think I'm just leaning a little bit more on just the way that Arsenal play these top teams a little more, uh, that it's a little safer. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with it under two and a half goals. What, what are you thinking for the for the goal result here? You're expecting a bit, I know of, a bit more of like a cagey affair, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, there's a chance that it's just an up and down game because that's just how, you know, that's Klopp, that's Liverpool. Those games always tend to happen or seem to happen a lot for Liverpool. But just with the way this ever this Arteta team has been playing this season with Declan Rice in the midfield, it, it does seem like it, it, they're slowing down a lot of these games a little more. Yeah, I, I sort of feel that. I mean, last season it was 2-2 at Anfield. Uh, I think they got a late equalizer via Firmino. 
Um, and then, but I mean, aside from that, like there's been, and then it was three, two at the Emirates. Uh, so it's like there, there was a couple goals, but then you can do a little bit more rewind and, and there's, you know, a little bit cagier as, as you kind of lean towards, but I, yeah, I think Arsenal will just have a better midfield here. You know, Declan Rice is probably, you know, maybe not the, him and Salah are probably, and Van Dyke probably the two best players on the pitch. Um, Saka as well. So I don't know that like in the middle of the park, they have the advantage for sure. Um, I'll be interested to see how that plays out, but I, with, with like, you know, is, is Declan Rice or, or Endo, <laughs> you know, I know who I'm right. taking there in that, in that discussion. Um, so yeah, I, interesting that I, I, I have written down here. I didn't take, I didn't, I was not on the other guy. I was thinking both teams to score, no draw. Uh, that's plus plus one thirty. You can both teams on the over one and a half are, are, uh, are plus Liverpool's plus one Oh five and Arsenal's plus plus one twenty. If you're like, ah, Adam, I think there's going to be a bit more goals than you think. So um, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, maybe I don't quite agree with that. There's that, but I don't know. You are right. I mean, less goals than some of the more, the bigger matchups. What was the, the Man City game was? It was one nil Arsenal. Okay. One nil. And then they just lost one nil. To so, Aston Villa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the couple of little mini sample sizes there, but I, I don't know. It's, I feel like uh, I feel like Arsenal's going to come out and they're going to find the back of the net in the first like 15 minutes. That's by the way, that's uh, minus 105. Um, and then it's going to be like just you know it, maybe that's enough, but I, I feel like then the game will kind of turn on its head a little bit and we'll see a bit more back and forth match. But that's yeah. I mean, obviously, if someone scores in the first 20 minutes, then like my bet's probably not going to hit. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see how yeah. that. How the back lines work out here. Trent will be like a pinched up in the midfield. Martinelli just gasses past Canate and then it's in the back of the net. And I don't know. I that's why I envision this game starting. That's definitely a worry. Martinelli on the side of the problem. I mean, teams have gone towards that left side there. So yeah. maybe they might yeah. go a little more to Martinelli early. And yeah, if they find something there, then it would not be surprising there. And I mean we I don't know. We, we haven't said this in a while, but just Liverpool just, you know, being terrible the first 10, 20 minutes of a game. It hasn't happened in a while, uh, but it was a, it was a case of first couple months of the season. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case here. This is a pretty big game. I think, you know, they're going to come out and not, and not play, I don't know, stupid, play lazy kind of a thing. So I don't think it's going to happen. Jurgen Klopp is a manager for a reason, but man, they should, they got up. I, I, I've been itching for uh, Joe Gomez at right back. And then Alexander Arnold just playing as as the six for a while. Yeah, you now. said and that they, last week too. Yeah, I've been doing that. Like they like so Trent comes in on on uh, Wednesday against West Ham. They Gomez stays out right, and Trent comes in two assists. You know, like they didn't. I guess they conceded one to to a really beautiful Jared Bowen goal. But I'm telling you, that would be ideal situation there. Yeah, he can't. He came on for Endo basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't. I don't know. I I would. I feel. Like that could be a good uh, version of what they have now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they they already were dominating that match, so I don't want to be like, okay, once that happened, it was like, right. That's you know, true. blasters off kind of thing. I mean, they were up, they were up two goals already, and you know, I don't know, they finished with twenty nine shots to two shots, so a bit different of an opponent. So that's a that's a fair right. Shot. Maybe the opposite opponent as well, because West Ham don't like having possession. <laughs> So yeah, there you go. That's true. Next game we got, we got a standalone Sunday Christmas Eve match here, uh, which 
you know, I, I feel like they could have put one of these other games in, in a standalone spot, but you know, sorry, no shade to Wolverhampton and Chelsea here, but Wolverhampton are home against Chelsea. They're plus uh, Chelsea are plus 100 to win. Again, just another game that hasn't seen a ton of uh, line movement here, but I guess what 12 days ago, Chelsea were minus 130. Uh, now that's plus 100. So mm, I, I think it's just a, uh, that was one of the initial lines were coming out there, but Wolverhampton are plus 275. The draw is also plus 275. You got over two and a half goals at minus 125, under two and a half goals at plus 100. So I've already taken under two and a half goals two times, and I almost was going to make it three for three. And then I considered things a little bit. Uh, I considered Wolverhampton at home. I considered, uh, you know, a lot of Chelsea defensive struggles. And I don't want to do that one. So I'm, I'm off of that one. And this one was, was kind of tough just because of, just because Wolverhampton at home, I know you're going to, you're going to be on this Wolverhampton side here, but I was looking at some of these Wolverhampton results and pretty weak. So the way they, the the way they, they have successful results at home. It's just that it's just a team that, okay, they're getting goals on the counter. It's not like they're like, yeah, we're playing awesome at home and we're, we're dominating things. It's just like, okay, we're just going to get goals on the counter, whether it's Huang, whether it's Pedro Neto, who maybe back back on the bench for this game, maybe it's Sarabia kind of thing. So that's that's one worry I have with with Wolverhampton here. So explain to me why Wolverhampton are a good bet here. <laughs> uh, they haven't lost at the at at home in six matches. Um, okay, they, you mentioned their style of play. It, this is the exact team that that frustrates Chelsea. Like they, it, it seems like when it can. The game opens up a bit. They're a bit better, but like they're unable to unpack uh, teams that are really organized. I think that's the teams that they really struggle against. I like I said. Do you think Wolverhampton are really organized? I mean, that's traditionally maybe not. <laughs> Good question. Um, traditionally, yes. Maybe this season, you know, definitely a little bit. They're they're still, it's not like they're like conceding a boatload of goals. I guess they are. They've conceded. Let's I, gonna, see, I think they are twenty nine goals in nineteen matches. That's about what was that eighth, eighth, eighth most in the league. So, okay. I mean, tied with Fulham, and then yeah, they're about they're about mid table in terms of goals conceded. So maybe not as impressive of, of what they've done in previous seasons, but at home, I guess they've given up um, slightly more. Probably, yeah, they're tops six most amount amount of goals given up. They're tied with three other teams uh, at 13 goals in eight matches. They've only scored 11 goals. So what I'm saying, I mean, I guess maybe not like the most organized team, but it's not like they're like a Sheffield United, you know, or like a, or a team like that. Um, That's harsh. Sorry. I mean, catching Sheffield catching strays for me early in the morning here. Sorry about that. Uh, But, you know, that said, I, I think the under here is uh, really appealing too. If you're if you're not like me on Wolves double chances, which is my bet this this uh, this match, I think they're going to be able to take a point away from Chelsea. I mentioned why they struggle. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, I I also like uh, I was I mentioned this, but the under uh, two and a half is plus one hundred. That's interesting. That there's a corners bet in here. Uh, I don't you know I'm not a, as much of a soothsayer here to take a corner bet, but I kind of like an under. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Wolves double chance. I think at home, I mentioned how hard it is for away teams to win in the league. Chelsea traveling away. I, I think it'll be tough for them to take at least three, all three points, especially 
you know, Wolves is traditionally a side who can at least take a point off. I mean, they beat City at home. I'd have to look at, I got to look at some of their other results at home too. But I mean, six straight uh, winless streak or uh, unbeaten streak here um, at home. That that's kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, they, they have some good results at home and also Chelsea have some bad results away from home. They've, they've yeah. lost their last three Everton, Manchester United, Newcastle. Uh, yeah. So just, I'm just looking down the list. of yeah, Chelsea. Well, so, uh, listen, listen to this. This is pretty impressive. I guess they they drew Nottingham. They beat Burnley. Neither of those particularly impressive for Wolves, but they beat Tottenham at home two one. They drew right, Newcastle two so two. They they the drew Tottenham Aston game. Goal, they scored two stoppage time goals to beat Tottenham. One was like the Pablo Sarabia flick to himself or whatever he did. It's not how. It's how many. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Those are those are tough. No, they're teams. they're impressive. I I just don't know how, I just don't know how reliable it is. But I I am on your bet because of Chelsea just haven't been as, as good away from home. They're a team that it, it only seems like in these home games where they have possession, they're getting corners. So I was originally looking at okay Chelsea corners because I don't think you know Wolverhampton are great. You know, coming off a three 0 loss against West Ham where they just looked outmatched for probably the entire game, kind of a thing. You know, maybe Pedro Neto comes off the bench and, and gives a little bit of a boost there. But again, hamstring injury, he's been out for more than a month or a month right now. So I I will go, with, I will side with your bet just because we don't know about Chelsea away from home. And because we don't know about Chelsea away from home. And we know that Wolverhampton can score pretty much against anyone at home, whether it's on the on the counter or, or whatnot. A lot of these games against higher, higher end competition, if you want to consider Chelsea higher end competition, maybe you don't, but uh, four goals against Liverpool, five goals, sorry, just goal, goals scored total, four goals scored total against Liverpool, five goals in the Brighton match, three goals in the Man City match, four goals in the Newcastle match, again, three, three with a couple in the stoppage time coming against Tottenham. So I think both these teams are going to score, and both teams to score, I think it was minus 180 or something like that. Odds weren't great. I may consider both teams to score no draw, but though that one is always tricky because I do think it's going to be 2-1 to either side here. Uh, so I may, you know, I may, I may eventually look at both teams to score no draw, but over two and a half goals, minus 120. I think, I think we're looking at a two, one, two, two kind of result here. Interesting. Yeah. I think I mentioned the under, uh, under two and a half was plus 100. So I feel like I might be on a little bit different. That was when you thought Wolverhampton were organized. I still do. I, you know, I didn't say that they weren't. I don't know. Two goals in Nottingham Forest, one goal at Burnley. Like those are just different teams. I, I just think, you know, you throw you throw in Cuckoo back here. He's gonna probably gonna get 20, 30 minutes off the bench for Chelsea. You know, Reese James isn't there, but everyone, maybe Enzo Fernandez isn't healthy either. But I think their attack is actually out from you know what happened the first couple months of the season when Nicholas Jackson was basically missing every good opportunity. They're actually scoring goals pretty much since yeah. since Cole Palmer came into the lineup. Like they've actually been scoring goals. I'm just not sold on Wolverhampton, you know, completely shutting out Chelsea here. Yeah, I mean, are they going to get a clean sheet at home? Probably not. But you know, I, I'm not, I'm not out here putting, uh, putting um, faith in a, a new Chelsea forward signing like they're going to come in and score goals right away too. So that that traditionally has been tough the past couple of years to see that. So I mean, in, in Cuckoo healthy is a is a you know nice addition, but I'm not going to be just, like, oh yeah, like let's, you know, it's the next coming of he of scored Junior on Tuesday, Togba, you know, but. Scored on Tuesday. Got a PK. 
<laughs> okay, good. Good. Well, you know, I'm going to go a bit, bit bigger sample size than one game. One game of, I don't know how long you went, 20 minutes or something. And, and the, I mean, the PK was in the PK shootout. So uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, is there something I missed? <laughs> I should, uh, you know, expand on that, that statement. But uh, uh, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We got the team parlay here, and we're actually we got a single game parlay for the holidays. We got a single game, single game team parlay. We're talking this Fulham home against Burnley match. I actually have another, uh, yeah, it is a single game parlay in my betting article on this match. So from RotoWire, we're we're giving the people for this exciting Fulham Burnley match two single game parlays. So you got to check out that article, RotoWire.com/soccer, but. Line movements here, Fulham were minus 180 two weeks ago. For some reason, that, that's that gone steadily down to minus 145. Burnley, I guess Burnley have been steady, plus 400 range. Burnley have been kind of bad. Last two home games for Fulham, 5-0, 5-0. And then they, they advanced in PKs past Everton on Tuesday in the EFL Cup. So a little bit of form, but of note, Raul Jimenez is suspended for this one. Rodrigo Munez, uh, I don't know how old he is, maybe 20 years old, got the start in that Tuesday game. It could be him or it could be Carlos Venetius starting up front. How much does that matter here for Fulham, who are you know seemingly just, uh, I mean, arguably playing probably the best they've played. I don't know if I want to say the last two seasons, but when you have back-to-back 5-0 wins, it's, it's I don't know if you can compare it to much. Yeah, I mean, they were at one point last, I think it was maybe mid-season-ish, they were probably like top seven or so. I think that I remember them having a quite a good record and they, they, they really trailed off towards the end of the season. So it's not like they're not used to like having a good run of form, but yeah, like back to back five Oh wins advancing to the league cup semifinals. Uh, they're, they're enjoying um, their football right now. So it's, and then Burnley away uh, or Bur- Burnley at home um, gives you a little bit of confidence uh, Burnley, you know, despite I think Burnley's one of the worst uh, defensive teams at home. They're a little, which is ironic. On the road. Like, no, I'm saying I, yeah, I know Burnley's on the road here. Leading to okay. my next point, they're they're mid table in terms of goals against away. So they've been giving up a ton of goals, whether it's home or away. But they're actually better defensively away. Burnley is so take that for what it is. I will say Fulham is. Uh, I think they're probably what are they like top seven here in terms of goals scored. At home, they have 17 goals in eight matches. Has 10 of those have come at, at home, or 10 of those have come in two games, I think. 
yeah with the two five oh results so take that but those have come recently so all that said i think we're gonna see it could you know a three one a three one game a two one game wouldn't be surprising here i'm taking the over two and a half it's minus 120 i burnley they have been slightly better defensively in the past three games but not good enough to be like okay that's a that's that's their their identity now um so i i like the goals here and, and fulham obviously are, are doing pretty well so yeah, I mean, you know, some of these Burnley, recent Burnley results are maybe worrying for the bet just because, okay, yeah. 2-0 loss against Everton, 1-1 at Brighton, 1-0 at Wolverhampton, beat Sheffield United 5-0, 2-1 against West Ham there. That was a home game. You know, some maybe some worrying results, but I, I do think some has to go into this this Fulham home, home form here, you know. So they had that 1-0 home loss against Manchester United. I think that was an early morning one where it was raining a little bit. Manchester United got a late winner. Uh, but I think I think they should have had – they had multiple opportunities to score there. But outside of that one, so they had five goals, five goals, three goals against Wolverhampton, three goals against Sheffield United. So the goals are coming. Comic uh, home, Craven Cottage, Burnley are just in a weird spot uh, just in terms of Vincent Company and, and this team. We'll see how how the holiday fixtures uh, shake out for them. I'm not sure if it's going to be positive. There's not there's not a ton of rotation to do for them. I know Lyle Foster just got back for him in the last game, so maybe that's going to give a little bit of a boost. But just a little, with the way at Fulham are playing at home, I, we mentioned this with I forgot who we mentioned this with, but Fulham. So it seems like they just like turned something on, or when they put Alex Awobi into their lineup. So they signed Alex Awobi from Everton. And once he got in the lineup, that kind of changed some things. Then he moved it. He started maybe in a more defensive role. Then he moved to more of a winger role. And just as a winger who can play, who gets back defensively kind of thing, just runs all over the pitch kind of a thing. I think that helped a bunch. Also, Tom Kearney getting some recent starts also seemed to help a little bit. Uh, so I think just just a couple tweaks that, you know, Marco Silva has made has has resulted in a lot of these good performances. So I was initially on over nine and a half corners, but the odds weren't good enough. So I'm going kind of crazy here. Uh, both teams in this game over three and a half corners at plus one ten, uh, and then combine that with over two and a half goals of minus one thirty. We got plus two forty odds for the single game parlay. So I just think that this game's we got Fulham at home, but I think uh, I think it's going to be a little up and down here. I think we're going to get up and down game uh, on Saturday here. And that'll hopefully lead to corners. Uh, that's that's at least the goal here. This is a pretty big bet because you're asking both teams to get you know at least four corners. Um, are you thinking? I mean, you're going over two and a half goals here, but are you thinking up and down game, or are you thinking Fulham three 0 win? I'm thinking up and down game. Like I said, I think if, I think I mentioned three one or two one here. I do think Burnley can find the back of the net. Um, in Fulham, of course, uh, they have 13 goals at home in their last three matches, which is quite the uh, quite the number here. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think we see like a, a two one three one. I mean, yeah, I can't say much more than that. Yeah, as long as you know Burnley just don't play. Uh, I don't know, super defensive here. Uh. I guess I haven't like I, you know, I was watching a lot more Burnley in the beginning of the season. I haven't like watched a full ninety of Burnley. I think aside from they played Liverpool recently, so it's and that's kind of a you know different different setup than they might have against a, a team like Fulham. But uh, I mean, they 
the results say that they've been playing more defensively. Um, kind of, but they're they're like calling card the Vincent Company style is definitely a bit more attacking. That's how they got here. So I don't know yeah. unless they're like they're like backing up to play more of like a Sean Dice or like a, a Hodgson ball, where it's you know pack it in and play play it like you know one up high and try to yeah. like have, have like four or five two two sets of four across then. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get there, but maybe, maybe. Because, I mean, yeah. it was – what they had last season was like possession, build up, score kind of a thing with Burnley. I mean, they I think they tried that early in the season. It's just like when you're playing better competition with, with worse players, uh, it's difficult to have possession. And when you lose mm-hmm. possession, you allow goals. I think that's, that's one of the things that Brighton is dealing with right now. Uh, I think I just saw a stat. They've played – it has nothing to do with this bet, but Brighton have played – uh, I think a hundred appearances for teenagers uh, in 2023. I think that's a record. So just, wow. uh, just a crazy thing. I just saw across the uh, premier league timeline there, but game week 18 here that is in the books. Rotoware.com slash soccer trial. I got the cheat sheet pulled up. You got anything else here before we get into some Christmas cookies? Um, no, uh, just a beautiful set of a few days here for the sport, the sports viewing audience we got a you know match today we got a couple matches we have four or four i believe and then we do have a that one game on christmas other than that um you know we're both nfl guys you know slightly so we'll be watching a little bit of uh, a lot of football here um both sides of the pond uh over the next couple days i'll be absolutely locked in um you know i'll be in the kitchen quite a bit i'll be out on the be pulling out of the cooler as well so um, looking, I'm back in the great state of Wisconsin, which is a, really a hotbed for some good beers too. So, I'm uh, uh, I'm looking forward to heading to the uh, to the old beer shop and, and picking out a couple tasty ones that I normally wouldn't get. So that's that's exciting, and of course, you know, maybe like a stout or a porter that that goes well with a couple cookies too. I don't know. Have I asked you if you're a big uh, spotted cow fan before? I, you know, it's a, it's in it's in the identity. I think you know, so you. you Maybe you don't have to be like a, a like a super fan, but uh, you know that the spot of cow runs deep here. Uh, it flows. It flows. If you're strongly. from Wisconsin, do you have to say it's a great beer? Um, I mean, it is a good beer for sure. I don't know if you have to say it's a great beer. Uh, I, it's you know for the audience, it's it's probably the biggest craft beer in Wisconsin. That's like high, definitely the highest produced beer. It's a you know came up as it's a farmhouse ale, so it's like a really easy drinking beer that you can drink any time of the year. Um, it's pretty commercialized now, but at, in its day, it was you know it came up as a as like the the top beer. It's best in a bottle. They sell it in cans now, which I'm not as big of a fan. I'm really good on draft, um, but yeah, I'm a fan. It's not like you know if, when I get home go, come home, I'll, I'll have one. But uh, so you know, yeah. Uh, there's the answer. There's the answer I was looking for. When I come back home after you know living in Seattle, you know I probably don't. I probably I usually don't buy one. Is the answer I was looking. I'll, for. I'll I'll definitely get one at a bar as like a you know a little you know nod to the nod to the the craft brewers here. But I'll, I'll I usually move on. To, there's a lot of a lot of good ambers out here. A lot of good like uh, kind of ales and porter stouts stuff like that. So I usually especially in winter I'm, I'm mixing in a porter or stout all right it's that time we were doing top three christmas cookies here i we have no graphic for it i'm i'm, I'm gonna try and actually whip something up here real quick <laughs> but 
Um, all right, well, Chris, so, we can yeah, give a, pre- a prelude here. Yeah, um, go ahead. The cookies. Well, you're whipping up a graphic. Uh, you know, best time of the year here. Uh, maybe not the best time of the year for your waistline, but uh, you have the opportunity to eat as many cookies as you as you want during this. I, I would say seven day period from the 23rd, or maybe even more, maybe seven to nine day period from the 23rd to the first. And the cookies don't count, you know, from a, a calorie standpoint. So it's only right that you know. We, we, I think we've ranked some. We ranked Thanksgiving uh, food recently, and now we're back. To, we're gonna rank. We're gonna give our top three Christmas cookies uh, for the year. I say we start at uh, at three and then go down to one. So we'll we'll trade off here, Adam. Um, so I, I'll guess I'll give my first one. My first ranking number three in my in my Christmas cookie, and it has to be a cookie. It can't be like a bar or brownie or or something like that. Um, my no, my number brownie. three is a brownie. Who's giving brownies out? Dude, we, we make some mint brownies here that are like unbelievable. Um, but might be, right, you know, if, right. if that was, if it was a holiday treat, that would rank. Maybe out. throw some red and green sprinkles on it. And yeah, call it. yeah, okay. it's exactly mint, mint in the winter. Sounds great. Anyways, um, ranking number three for me is the classic, the classic Christmas cutout cookie, just the sugar cookie base with a little bit of frosting. Um, you, uh, you put a little sprinkles on it, you know, you make a bunch, the family comes around, you, you kind of decorate them. Sometimes if you have, uh, I've got a couple, a couple brothers and, uh, oftentimes, uh, <laughs> the shapes of the cookies become, uh, uh, slightly phallic from time to time. Um, but definitely a little bit of a, a, a good time to it's the, the vibes of decorating Christmas cookies is great and they taste great too. go really good with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Cup of tea, cup of tea, cup of tea. Number three, uh, number three, I got, so I think this is a classic cookie. I think, you know, all the, uh, all the, I don't know, cookie books, all the, all the books that all the grandmas used to use in the fifties or whatever. I don't know. They probably got them in the mail or saw them at the grocery store or something. And there's always, you know, there's these, there's cookie recipes and all those. And then they cut out those cookie recipes and they save those. At least, you know, in my family, they cut out the recipes. They have their own book. Then they take some take some tape out, tape the, tape the recipes in a book kind of thing. And you got all your recipes there. Um, and I think tinglings is what I'm, I think tinglings is one of these classic cookies, which was created at some point in the fifties or sixties. It's like a butterscotch that it uses chow mein noodles, uh, butterscotch cookies. It's like a no bake. Um, Chris is like, Chris has I'm, never heard of this. I'm absolutely, I don't even know what this is. I'm, um, I'm gonna have to try this. It, it does sound weird because it uses chow mein noodles, but there's also peanuts in it. But just if you're a butterscotch fan, I think these are these are must try Christmas cookies. Um, it, uh, shouts to my aunt, the master baker, and shouts to my grandma who, who and I guess shouts to my grandpa who it used to be his favorite cookie as well. So uh, just a tingling is, is my number three. Interesting. That, that is a classic uh, Midwest uh, aunt. <laughs> aunt or grandma moved to have like the cutout recipe and like this like hodgepodge kind of recipe book I'm, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean uh yeah i guess it's, is that a midwest thing i don't know maybe it's more than i don't know but anyways moving on to number two here and this might cause a little controversy um but uh, we make uh and i think it's i think it's considered a cookie but i i don't know for sure and maybe you can tell me but uh, poor man turtles this is my note you can they're like uh, a, butter, a butterscotch pretzel, and then you put a Rolo on it, and then you put an almond on uh, an almond or a, some sort of nut on top. They're like super easy to make. You can make like 
you can make like a thousand of them, I swear, uh, in like the matter of minutes. Uh, very little buy-in. You don't have to like mix anything. You basically put the roll on the pretzel and then put the, but I feel like those things, they're probably like, I don't know, 150 calories like per like two. I mean, we're talking about cookies. Here. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about cookies. So, but like all I could, I could like pop like 15 of those suckers in, in about in 10 minutes and they taste so good and they're super easy to make. So that's my number two, a, because they're efficient and B because they taste amazing. I'm not, I'm not huge on uh, nuts in my cookies, but you um, know, I'll, t- I'll take a pecan bar here and there and okay. yeah, I'll take a turtle here and there as well. I'm, I'm a turtle fan. I won't, you know, I won't deny caramel, and yeah, car- caramel's amazing goodness uh, i'm yeah. not gonna deny sweets you know so <laughs> as long as as long as there's you know rollos attached to the pecan like i'm not gonna be complaining about it so fair number two i got i talked about this last year this was this is you know this is just like a an all-time favorite probably but you know we call it pe- we call them peanut butter balls over here but they are they are the buckeyes you know chocolate peanut butter you can't really you can't really do wrong with that. So uh, I know you've had those before. These are probably one of the more popular ones. People, you know, we, we just don't call them Buckeyes in Michigan. It's, it's kind of a rule. Yeah. yeah, we call them. Yeah, I think Buckeyes here for sure. There's a couple sitting in the Tupperware in the kitchen right now. I haven't had one yet. They're not usually my go-to, um, but I, I'm i familiar with It's like essentially like peanut butter covered in chocolate. Yeah, Pretty- you mean pretty solid pretty, yeah. pretty solid choice uh, a classic mixture i'm uh, on the theme of peanut butter and chocolate i'm gonna you know just get right into my number one and that's peanut butter blossoms it's a classic it's like a peanut butter cookie that you make and then you just put a, a hershey kiss in the middle um you've probably seen them around but those also you roll them you know you get the, the dough together you roll them up get them a little sugar you can put some um, red and green sprinkles in them Pop them in the oven for, you know, eight to 10 minutes, take them out, put the little Hershey kiss in there, take them back out. And those things are probably my number one peanut butter chocolate. It's, it's uh, tough to overlook how good of a combination that is. Yeah. I think this, uh, I, as I said, the, uh, the peanut butter ball was my, was my top last year. I'm pretty sure we talked about this one last year. So it's good to see that your, your, you know, your favorite cookie isn't changing. Sticking to party lines. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that one is probably, you know, I mentioned the tingling's thing. That The peanut butter blossom is probably one of those cookies that's been around since the 50s as well. It just seems like, you know, in classic cookies, you put a thing together, you put the you put the Hershey Kiss in the middle, and like it feels like that's something that's been, that's been around for, uh, you know, 80 years or something like that. Since, I don't know. What, yeah, since Bethlehem. Maybe maybe the 1600s. Maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm low-balling this one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, here we go. I'm just getting this graphic up here. So my number one, we're both three and oh on these, by the way. So this is yeah, kind yeah. of a new, this is kind of a newcomer here. Plus 200 odds too. So <laughs> this is a bit of a newcomer because my, my aunts are making this. So my family, you know, we get together for, for the holidays. My aunt, we do, everyone brings, brings Christmas cookies. We always, we have like 20 different varieties that we have over the course of a week and, you know, you, you pick your ferrets out, you rate them a little bit. Maybe you'll have a ranking at the end of the week kind of a thing. So this one, you know, this isn't the chick chocolate peanut butter that, you know, automatically sounds good. So this is a ginger molasses cookie and it's frosted. Um, 
So it's basically, you know, it doesn't sound as good as what I'll say than some of these other ones. But as long as you're not like opposed to ginger, it's not it's not ginger heavy, but you combine ginger, you combine molasses into chewy goodness, and then you dip it into white chocolate. Uh, that has become one of my favorites here over probably the last five years. Uh, if you haven't tried this, I, th- I think you got to try it. I mean, there's no cho- there's no chocolate here. You know, molasses, chocolate, you know, kind of close enough a little bit there. So frosted uh, frosted ginger molasses there. Have Man, you had one wow. of these before? I, I, I appreciate your uh, the breadth and width of this, of your, your cookies <laughs> here. Like you went a little, you dug a little deeper. I, I feel like I need to... Uh, expand what i've been eating of a cookie like these are the same you know well, i was i was saying you know we have we we get 20 plus cookies to choose from uh probably more from you know the in-laws my uh my mother-in-law also makes a bunch of cookies as well so i got a bunch of choices here to where you know maybe maybe your family's not as cookie heavy as my family we probably i probably try about 30 kinds of cookies every christmas i, I love that we got i gotta get that going on in my family we go with the classics that we, we've had for like 25 years. You got to just slowly incorporate a new one here and there. Yeah, that's what you yeah, got to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's what you got to do. You said you're going to be in the kitchen. Just just, uh, um, just check out of, these ginger molasses ones and, and try and get these going. A much a much better cook than I am baker. So, um, But maybe I'll, I'll put those in my locker here and, and start to develop that. No better time to start than now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, that was it for our betting show and a 10-minute discussion on Christmas cookies. Happy holidays to everyone. Happy holidays to Chris. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on wherever, rotowire.com slash soccer. Make sure to like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rotowire Soccer. Chris, we'll see everyone in the new year. We're going to try and get bets out to people. You're going to have to follow Rotowire Soccer on Twitter. If we get those bets out, they will be on Twitter uh, we're not going to be doing videos. It's, it's uh, too many things are going on. Too much traveling is going on. So we're, we're giving ourselves a break from the show. But uh, we'll probably we're going to still have bets either way. So how about that? We'll still have bets. Um, I'll, I'll message Chris 7 a.m. on Christmas Day being like, where are your Boxing Day bets? Let's go. We need these for the people. I'll have a um, porter going. <laughs> 7 a.m. for me, 6 a.m. for you. Chris will be up with the, with the porter. So there you go. <laughs> coffee stout (laughs) there you go chris thanks for joining me happy holidays everyone we'll see everyone in 2024 thanks adam